Podcast City Network. Hey everyone, it's Angelica from A Little Bit of Everything With Me podcast, and you're listening to Mark the Shark MMA Show. Hi everyone, I am your host, Mark the Shark Retorto, and welcome to the Mark the Shark MMA Show, where every week we talk about the wonderful sport of MMA. Today we will review the most recent and upcoming events in MMA news. In each episode, the format may be changed, but you will always be entertained. There will be special interviews with special guests, along with special insights on the sport from our guest hosts. Also, check out our Facebook page for news and updates on future episodes. Also, we appreciate donations from our listeners to keep our podcast up and running. You can make a donation by clicking on the Click the Support button found at anchor.fm slash show, And that's Mark spelled with a C and not a K. We are also looking for guests who want to be on the show and sponsors who want to advertise their product and brand on the show. For more information, contact me on the Mark the Shark MMA Show Facebook page. Page. Also, for a plug-in, if you're looking for a good action thriller suspense novel, check out a book called The Cabal, The Saga Begins. You can find it on both Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com. It is available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobooks format on Amazon.com. and paperback version only on BarnesandNoble.com. And the hardcover version is only available at www.retortofamilybooks.com. For a good book for your kid to read, check out I Am a Survivor or Invisible Girl, written by a little 11-year-old girl by the name of Christina Retorta. She has her books in Kindle and audiobook format and paperback format on Amazon.com and paperback format on both Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. And the hardcover version is only available at www.retortofamilybooks.com. Okay, everyone, keep on listening. We'll be back shortly after this break. Alright guys, we're back on the show, and I just wanted to make a quick announcement. Um, both me and my daughter put, published some new books that are now available on Amazon, currently just now in paperback, but um, they will be available in Kindle format soon, in audiobook book format soon. My book is called Marcus the Vampire, and my daughter Christina's book is called A Little Bit Louder. Um, you can get them now at www.retortofamilybooks.com. That's R-I-T-O-R-T-O familybooks.com or Amazon. Um, I actually just finished doing an interview with Ed Pizzini um, with his podcast called Business Conversations. I will include a link to that podcast interview in the description notes of this episode. everyone, I just want to make another announcement that October 1st, Tuesday, October 1st, you can meet me, Mark the Shark Retorto, and my daughter at a local library located at 144 Woodfield Road in Washington Township, New Jersey. Uh, the zip code, if you try to add it into Google Maps, 07676. On Tuesday, October 1st, starting at 6.30 p.m., 
my daughter and I will be doing a book signing where you can, we'll be doing a meet and greet. You get to meet us and learn how we go about writing our books as well as autograph them. So come check it out. October 1st, Tuesday, October 1st, starting at 6.30 p.m. till it closes. Again, we'll be at 144 Woodfield Road in the township of Washington, New Jersey. The zip code is 076, 07676, sorry. Check it out. Hopefully we see you there. All right, guys, we're back on the show. And today on the Shark Tank, we have a special guest, Leo Pla. Am I saying your name correct? Yes, Leo? sir. Yes, you are. Uh-huh. Professional MMA fighter. So, uh, Leo, give us a little background. Like, where are you from? How'd you get started in MMA? Well, I am... I'm 37. I'm originally from Kansas City. Okay. Uh, I started back in uh, 90, 99 is when I oh, started. Wow. You've been doing I, it for a long time, then. <laughs> yeah, I started with karate back then. Um, you know, I wish I would started a lot sooner, but the reality is my parents couldn't afford it. And so when I was old enough, I was able to work, you know, save up some money. And that's how I really got started. That's when I got started. However, my love and my passion for it started way before that um one of, one of my fondest memories is a movie called uh barry gordy's the last dragon <laughs> that's one of my <laughs> inspirational movies i'm dead serious that's one of my inspirational movies for uh for uh, or how i got started actually yeah i remember that movie I remember. <laughs> I remember. oh the the irony of of all that is in that movie what little people don't know what few people may may not know is his style of uh of karate that he's actually using is a uh, yonsei go or uh, chinese goju which is uh one of the styles that i use which is yonsei goju karate so a little <laughs> weird fact <laughs> yeah what is that what's that style of karate is that like more um chinese based or that's, that's no more, well like go, goju goju, oh, goju. Is actually, oh that's uh, open now yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but yeah. i come out of usa goju which is peter urban but in that movie, I didn't know this until later on, but he does use Goju. And I was like, oh, man, that's so, you know, <laughs> the irony of that. So, yeah. yeah. That's a kind of unique style, the Goju. They got, like, you like weird stances, right? Yeah, they've got some. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they do a lot of breathing exercises, right? From, yes, from... yes, yep. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did, um, when I was a kid, I did Shotokan, and I did Taekwondo when I was a teenager so i kind of i was like uh, i was a martial arts fanatic dude when i was a kid i had bruce lee poster all, posters all over my freaking wall <laughs> i think everybody and you know what anybody who grew up in the 80s that's that's where i was at man it was just karate martial arts van damme movies yeah you know yeah i wish they still that, and I tell people that i wish they still had that they don't have uh martial art based movies anymore that was i missed that man you used to have like those ninja movies i mean you had you had everything yeah. usually in the 70s then you had yeah. stuff in the early 80s then van damme in the late 80s 90s and then you had like a few actually then there were some ninja movies and showed like revenge of the ninja 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 i missed that stuff man yeah man that was a different era there was a different genre of people and i'm one of the kids that came up idolizing that kind of stuff Yep. You know, and uh, that's why I followed it because it's something I really fell in love with. 
Yeah, I, I could I could see that because I was pretty much the same way. You know, <laughs> but yeah, it, I mean, it, although I have to admit though, after watching, I would say, ever since MMA came out, it's kind of hard for me to watch. Like, it, it, they still it, make it, kung it, fu it, movies, but they're just not popular. <laughs> you see them on Netflix. Like it's, it's hard for me to right. watch. You know, it's hard. It's like anything else. So, um, not not that I'm comparing it to cartoons, but like as a child, you're you're in awe about what you're watching. You know. Yeah. And as long as you keep it within that realm of, I, I love this for what it is, you'll always love it. Yeah. So how long did you stay with uh, Goju Karate for? Man, I did that for a long, long time. Um, I still practice kata from time to time. I, I forgot a lot of it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> I forgot it all. <laughs> um, I still practice it from time to time. But yeah. when I fight, I still use it. I still use all the principles and fundamentals of it. Yeah. As long as, as far as the philosophy, um, like that is concerned, I still use it. Wow. And then you got into mixed martial arts. Mm -hmm. uh, like, what was your like first like martial art that you got into that led to that? Was it jujitsu or was it boxing or kickboxing? It was. Uh, it was a lot of people. They started out as karate and. Then, once they saw the UFC, they started doing jiu-jitsu, and they did that, and they got it down to that. Well, what happened is it's a, it's a kind of a weird story. What happened was we started a couple of guys from my gym or from my dojo. We started getting into a pancreation, which a lot of people don't know what that sport actually is. Pancreation is the predecessor to MMA. Um, yeah. And we actually started doing that. And a guy that we trained with, he, <laughs> he remodeled houses. And a guy that he would hire would come in to do the floors. Well, the guy who did the floors did jiu-jitsu by chance at this other right. gym. He's like, hey, you're a big guy. Why don't you come train with us? And our friend was like, hey, Leo, we got this. I found this guy. He does floors, but he also he's a wrestler who does jiu-jitsu. Why don't you guys go over there? Why don't we all go over there? And so that's how we all <laughs> started doing jiu-jitsu and started cross-training. And I ended up staying at that school for um, – jiu-jitsu and the guy's name happened to be steve crawford who ran the school steve crawford's been around for as long as i've been alive longer than i've been alive doing jiu-jitsu and he's trained with all i mean he's trained with everybody he's trained with labelle um a great uh, oh gosh one of the gracies goker yeah. catch wrestling you name it he's he's done it and he's been with them and that's how we kind of got started off a <laughs> third party uh, friendship. Now, when you did Pancrase, did you do the one in Japan or were they like local in the U.S.? Uh, he was actually out in California doing stuff. Oh, okay. that's how he learned. He was actually he learned it all out when he happened to be out in California at the right place at the right time, and just learned everything from all those guys out there, and then came back to Kansas City with all you know. He goes out there and then comes back. And brings it all back and then starts his own thing. And so that's how we got hooked up with him. But when you did pancreas, because you said you did pancreas, uh, pancreas fighting. Oh, pancreas. No, I did. Yeah. No, no, no. I did pancreation. Pancreation. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. I'm thinking like the I did one that Camrocks did. No, no. I did pancreation. And so what happened was pancreation was trying to make a comeback um, after years. Um, 
and for some reason it, it, it was doing good and then it kind of fell off and now it's trying to kind of make a comeback um for some reason or another i don't know why it fell off and well you know now it's coming it's like it's like anything else has everything has its cycles yeah um yeah, pancreation yeah. is old yeah that's just the thing that josh burnett does right uh kind of actually he he comes out of catch wrestling um yeah. which is a style that we kind of learned uh-huh. which is a brutal style of uh it's not jiu-jitsu it's still ground fighting with submission old Frank Cray, or, uh catch wrestling is well over 200 years old yeah so how did you get into the pancreation stuff? Because it's not like there's a school that says, oh, uh, we teach pancreation here. It's not like <laughs> Man, like I said, I just wanted to fight. When I was 17, I just wanted to fight. And so this was a tournament. That was a tournament over there. Like, however, wherever I can get my hands on and just go fight and compete with our, my sensei, he was all about it. He's like, hey, man, whatever you want, wherever you want to fight and compete, go do it. So even though I, I come out of a karate school, yeah, whatever we wanted to do as far as competition, he was all about it. He hated point competitions because we, because he didn't look at it as well. We are karate and sensei and this and that's like no no no. If you're gonna learn to fight, you might as well train to fight and you might as well fight. And so he was all about kickboxing tournaments. He was all about pancreation tournaments. He was all about judo, whatever. Like I said, any style of form of fighting that you can compete in, by all means, go do it because it makes you a better martial artist and it make, has you, gives you a better understanding of competition. Mm-hmm. So there's different ways to compete. Don't limit yourself. Don't limit what you learn. Don't limit what you practice. Oh, okay. That's a good philosophy, actually. Now, did you do any wrestling to prepare yourself for these? For these nope. <laughs> no, man. I swear to God, I didn't. I just whatever I could pick up and learn, however, wherever and however I could, I did it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, how was the level of competition in that organization? I mean, it couldn't be. It was. Yeah, uh, well, no. I mean, I, people from different styles, right? It wasn't like pain. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was different because you it's a tournament and it's a tournament style and whatever you got is what you got. And in pancreation back then, I don't know how it is now, it was full contact. It was one you just couldn't hit to the face. That's all it is. It's MMA and you could not hit to the face. Wow. In some organizations there was no gloves, some organization was was gloves. And you, but you still could not hit to the face. And so it was full. It was just imagine MMA rules, just no gloves. So you can do and, uh, no, no, kick. nothing to the face. Wow. Yeah, knee, wild, kick, right? elbow, slam. You could pick up a guy and just drop him. <laughs> you could just slam him. But it was point based. If it didn't, it was one five minute round, point based, uh, unless you got by a submission and then you would win. But it was all point based. So if you, if just someone like, took you down, you got a point for that. Yeah if, you, yeah, if you took him down and, and if you were able to hold him down, you know, you double-leg a guy, you hold him down, that was uh, one or two points. I don't remember. Now, you could throw a guy, you, that was like two or three points. What's that? Now, would they stand you back up, like after they gave you the point, or did they just let you go? No, they they let you go. Like oh, I said, okay. if you were so able to throw, throw a guy. On the side, they would have judges. Yeah. Oh, okay. That, dude, that sounds that interesting. Shit. 
Yeah, take the guy down, but you got to hold him down and hold your positioning. You know, point. Just like a, just like wrestling, you just can't take the guy down and just oh that's a point. No, hold him down, control it. You know, no 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 little tap kicks or tap punches. No, you gotta let the body displacement. Wow. Now you're so still competing me, in MMA now, right? What's that? Yeah, yeah. I'm still competing in MMA, but I took it a break from that because I got into the bare knuckle boxing, which was a lot more fun. Uh, <laughs> I started doing some kickboxing again because I just enjoy it. Oh, so you're doing more kickboxing now too? Yes, sir. More kickboxing and more uh, bare knuckle boxing. Oh. Are you in that? Uh, I just recently found out about this not too long ago. There's uh, the thing that's like on YouTube, Bare Knuckle Federation or whatever it's called. Is that what uh, Well, I actually, yeah, well, sort of. I actually fight for a guy named Dada 5000 um, in, in his promotion called Brawl, which is uh, it's actually on Netflix, and I'll, I'm on season two of it whenever it comes out. Oh, I got Netflix. I'll check it out, man. It's not season two is not out yet. It's supposed to come out in the fall. Okay. Um, I don't know when. He's not telling me when. He's not telling any of us when. But it comes out in the fall, and that's kind of where I'm going, leaning towards right now, as of right now. Not okay. to give MMA a break. I'm giving MMA a break. I've done it. You know, um, it's fun. But let me let me like, once again let me go branch out and explore and do other things as well in the in the realm of uh, fighting. In the realm of competition. Wow, man, that's that's amazing. You're still going, you're going everywhere. Now, in the bare knuckle, yeah. how does that work? I mean, you just got your hands wrapped, right? Just you, just your no, wrist. just the wrist, just the wrist. And then, how are the rounds like? Are they shorter or longer? The same? No. Nope. Um. For, well, when I fought for BYB, when I fought for Brawl, it's just tape your wrist, and it's five three-minute rounds. Wow. The rounds are through. Yeah, it's still three minutes around, but you only do five five rounds. Wow, and how 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 many matches do you have with those? Uh one. <laughs> one so far. <laughs> I'm okay, looking for my second one. And that, that that's the one that's gonna be on Netflix? Yes. Yep. Oh yeah, look at It's called Dog Fights. Season two is coming out. Season one's already out, but they changed it around a lot. Dog, dog fights? fights. Yeah, D A W G. Dog fights. D A W G. Yep. Fights. Ah. Okay. And now, are you guys like fighting in the backyard or? Well, originally it started as that's why it's called BYB Backyard Brawl. It, it originally started in the backyard of Dada 5000's house. That's where all that's originated from. That's how it all got started. And then, you know, one thing led to another. And then we ended up on, uh, he ended up in Cheyenne. We ended up doing a pay per view. <laughs> and so, you know, he's got his own story. He's got his own story behind that promotion. Wow. And how anything else I can, cannot talk about going? right now. How did this stuff come out? Because it seems like it's getting more and more popular, that bare knuckle stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know what it is, man. I think people are a little hungry for a little change, and this just might be it. I don't know if this is a change that people are looking for, but this could be one of the changes people want. Um, 
people have their opinions on it. And, you know, it is what it is. But it's, it's fun and it is, it is exciting. I can tell you that much. There's a lot of, like, MMA, like UFC fighters doing it. Mm-hmm. Both the men and women. So it's kind What's of, that? I see both men and women, former UFC fighters, both men and women doing it now. Yeah, you know, it's uh, dirty or bare knuckle boxing. Really, it's it's dirty boxing at its best. Honestly, God, in my opinion, it's dirty boxing at its best because MMA guys, you change your stance for. I mean, we box, we can't box, but our boxing is MMA driven because of you know you got your takedowns, you got everything else. Where in straight up boxing, you don't. And so this is a a good mix of straight boxing and MMA boxing. Mm. Like I said, it's just dirty boxing. And then you're saying you're still doing kickboxing. Like what's the, is it American style kickboxing or Thai boxing or? Um. Well, <laughs> prior to that, I had an offer to go out to Holland to fight, and so my I did my 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 bare knuckle boxing fight, and then I went out to Holland eight weeks later, and I fought in, out in uh, Holland, and I beat one of their guys for a world title out there. And that was fun. And they call it K1 style kickboxing, which basically you can hold and just you got to strike right afterwards. Oh, so you're a world champion now. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I didn't bring that. You didn't ask, so I didn't say. And I'm the kind of guy, if you don't ask, I'm not going to say. Hey, that's good, man. It's good to be humble. No one likes, no one likes cockiness. You know, it's good to be humble. You know? That's just how I was, that's just how I was raised. You know, you can't be cocky if you're a martial artist because there's always someone that can kick your ass. You know, that's my philosophy. Yeah. There's someone better than you that can kick yep, your ass. Yep, and I try, I try my hardest not to be, or to be humble and just not to be cocky out there. Yeah. So now that you're doing this bare knuckle uh, fighting, do you find yourself doing more boxing in your training or are you still doing the, the jiu jitsu and the kickboxing or? I like now. I like I said before. I train and I just train until hey Leo, we got a fight coming up. Okay, then I specifically train for that fight. But otherwise, I just train. Gi Jiu Jitsu, no Gi Jiu Jitsu, boxing, kickboxing, uh, MMA sparring, kickboxing, like thumb wrestling, you know, like whatever. Connect four, whatever. However, we're gonna train. That's what we're training until it's a very specific fight. Then we get ready for that fight. Oh, that's interesting, man. That's great. Now, do you have your own school or? No, 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 <laughs> no. I train at the UFC gym Lone Tree here in uh, South Denver. Oh, okay. I was just figuring about now, like maybe you uh, you have your own school because you've been training. No, man, I would not want to run my own school. I would not want to run my own business. It's, I've done it before. I'd never do it again. <laughs> You know, it's a 12-hour day on your day off. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, I hear you. No, thank you. Now, if you had to pick a particular fight that you've had in the past, um, who was your toughest opponent? Toughest? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I don't know about toughest because at the end of the day, you know, I hate to say cliche, but, like, everybody's just in there, man. We're all ready to fight. We're all ready to bang. But, oh, man, I think uh, there's a guy in Bellator. He wasn't Bellator. 
I fought him early on in my career and and in his career, and his name was J or is it's Jason Norwood. Okay. Um, man, we beat the hell out of each other for for fifteen minutes. <laughs> I mean, we just pummeled each other. <laughs> he'd take me down, he'd ground and pound, and the referee would stand us up, and I'd beat him down. I wouldn't take him down; I'd just beat him down. And then he'd take me down, and then, you know, that was it was 15 minutes of us just beating the living hell out of each other. It was fun. It was great because both of us were not from from that city or from that town or whatever. And, man, the, the people you know, would just watch us fight. They were just cheering us on because they were watching just two guys just beat the living hell out of each other. And I, I, I don't enjoy beating that, getting the hell beat out of me, but I enjoy the crowd reaction of them cheering us on and they don't know who we are and they just love the, the, the show that we're putting on. So Jason Norwood, I would say is my toughest opponent. Wow. Now have you thought, cause now you're, now, how, now do you see like, like that bare knuckle boxing, it hasn't gotten to the level of like traditional boxing, right? In terms of the uh, payoff from fighters yet, right? Like yeah. I'm not talking Floyd Mayweather, I'm talking like for the average, pro fighter that goes in there and fights is it like are you getting paid would you get paid better doing a bare knuckle match as opposed it's, to it's about the same it's it's about the same as you know as you're getting right now not like a high not your high high level mma guys but your decent mma guys you, it's about the same pay honest to god uh, okay okay and uh because you have you ever thought about doing the regular boxing and becoming like a pro there I did. I've done. I've done pro boxing. I'm five, seven, and two in pro boxing. Oh, damn, dude. So what is? To do pro, you, you got pro boxing matches, kickboxing, world champion kickboxing, and the K1 stuff, mm-hmm. bare knuckle fight, yep. and MMA. And yep. Oh, damn it. Let me I ask have you, 40, 52 fights total. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. What is the worst injury you ever got in a fight? Uh, worst injury? Yeah. Uh, probably when I fought Keith Tapia on uh, World Premier Championship Boxing. He, he knocked me out unconscious. Okay. And, they, and the, he knocked me out with 10 seconds left in the fight. With 10 seconds left in the fight. And uh, I, went, I took a step back. He hit me and knocked me out. And I was unconscious for about a minute. Wow. And I had a concussion. I got a pretty bad concussion. But that's it. I mean, broken hand, broken foot, stuff like that. Who cares? It's, it's, you know, I can care less about that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So you had to be kept up all night, right, from the concussion when that happened? Or? Yeah, I was, uh, I was on 90-day medical suspension. Like, no contact, no training. I, I couldn't hit pad work. I couldn't do anything. It sucked. Wow. That's why I said it was the worst, worst injury I've ever had, because I couldn't do anything. Wow, that's crazy. So you only got knocked out once in your fight career, or been knocked out unconscious before? like that? Un- un- unconscious, unconscious like that? Yeah, one time. Wow, and that was boxing, you said, right? Yep, that was boxing. Wow, man. Now, out of all your fights, which is the one that you felt like this meant the most to you? Like that you, you know. It's the most memorable. It means the most to you personally. Like, is there any particular fight? Not really. Um, 
man, you know, you know what it is. It's uh, as long as the promoter treats me right, treats me with utmost uh, respect, and doesn't take me, you know, take advantage of the fighters. Mm-hmm. Um, I love promotions. I love fighting for everybody. Um, BYB, Dada Five Thousand, and Saul Ramos, and everybody that's involved with BYB has treated me with them, but love and respect. Um, the people out in Holland, that promotion has treated me with love and respect, and I, I, I fight for all of them, and I have my, I would have my guys fight for all of them, honestly. Hmm, interesting. Now, I would have thought like that one in Holland would have been like, oh, you know, I got a world championship belt, but that's pretty interesting. Now, how long do you see yourself doing fighting? How long do I keep fighting? think I would keep fighting? I'm 37. Here's the thing. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't party too, too often. <laughs> Not to say I don't go out and have a good time. But, like, I, I've took care of myself my whole life. Um, I could probably fight until I'm 44, God willing. You know, as long as I'm going to keep my body intact and nothing outside of things I can't control in life um, happen, I, I can see myself fighting for until I'm 44, honest to God. Wow. I'm in the gym every day. I train every day. You know, I <laughs> that's great. That's great. Some people like you know they get injured and it ends their ends of their career or whatever, but that's pretty good, though, Max. You've been fighting for like a long time. Holy cow! Man. Now, how do you feel the sport has changed? The sport of MMA. You know, um, the, well, the sport is evolving faster than people can keep up. Mainly, in my opinion, mainly because of of YouTube. You know. I give YouTube a lot of credit because now guys can be like, oh, look at this cool move this guy did. And nobody's ever seen it before, and that's why he won. Or beforehand, it was all, it was all VHS cassettes. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and you're lucky if you can get a hold of it through, like, fifth hand. You know, you heard of this guy that did a move, but you didn't see it, so you have no idea how it works. Now, now you can live stream on, uh, on Facebook. You know, you can just live stream it. And, a million people are gonna watch it, and you're gonna have a million likes, you know. And so now, some ten, twenty, thirty gyms are like, "Oh, I'm gonna break this move down and figure it out." And all of a sudden, you know, next week, that move that the guy won a world title with is doing it in MMA, and everybody's like, "Oh man, we gotta figure out how this move works," you know. And things like like that help sport out. Honest to God, and then you got. Uh, personal trainers who watch who on the same thing. Like, hey man, this is what I do, and this is what I do. And all of a sudden, their guys that they train may not be as technical, but they're way stronger, or or have more conditioning or something that beats that other guy based off one thing that the other guy was not prepared for. And so, another gem takes those two elements and adds it to his curriculum. And, and the, you know, so forth and so on. And so that's why I think the sport evolved because it's, now it's not just martial arts. It's, uh, it's an overall athlete. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, now, and, and you got to keep up with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always something changing, you know? Yeah. You know, I see it a lot in jiu-jitsu too. And a lot of stuff keeps changing, you know? Yeah, it, it's not just like, you know, Mark Coleman is the grand, grand, the grandfather of ground and pound, but it's not just the days of Mark Coleman just being able to take you down and your ground and pound you out. That, that 
that works, but that doesn't work 90% of the time. <laughs> yeah. You know, the principles are still there. The principles will always be there. But there's guys going, oh, man, you know what? I saw this guy get out of a hole based off just this one move. And it's uh, it was just this, you know. Or, and then another guy takes it. Like I said, he elaborates on it. And yeah. so those days are just gone. Yeah. I mean, that's – in my opinion, that's every sport. That's not just MMA, every sport. Because VHS, you know, is dead. And YouTube, face, Facebook Live is, is, is where it's at. Uh, even hell, like you podcast, you know, people talk about something and then some other guy researches that. Yeah. And so true. it's the availability of technology. Yeah. That could be a double-edged sword though, right? Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. What's that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, like you can learn stuff from, you know, from YouTube, but it doesn't, it doesn't replace the, uh, the aspect of actually uh, an experience. You know, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. you know, absolutely like not. In the old days, you know, we used to get. I'm sure you did the same thing because we're from the same time. You know, you get like the Bruce Lee fighting method books or whatever, and you try to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you try to yeah. figure out the move from watching it in the book. But it's trying to put everything in a, you know, practice is where it's at. You know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that and then, no, that's exactly correct. Because in a book, it's like A, B, C, and that's how it works. was like, man, I can't figure this out. But then you saw it on a video, like, oh, that's how that works. Yeah. And, and before, you know, VHS, you had to rewind, do it again. And now you can just watch that thing in slow motion. Yep. You know, like, oh, watch somebody use it. Oh, okay, I get it now. Totally yeah. different scenario. And What are your thoughts on performance enhancement drugs that you see a lot of these fighters getting caught with nowadays? <laughs> What's my stance? on oh man so <laughs> here here's my thing on it yep. and and it, people may may not like what i'm gonna say it's honest to god i don't care same here i don't care <laughs> i don't care because it's this if you do something long enough you're gonna get hurt yeah uh, a professional in any sport he needs to take something to, for recovery. Would I do him? Absolutely. But I would not do anabolics. I would do it for recovery purposes. Because, man, your biceps hurt. Your knees hurt the next day. And guys like me, I get up at sometimes 5 in the morning, go train for two or three hours, go to work for nine hours, and then go lift for two hours. That's a long day. Do you really think just protein powder <laughs> will make me go back again the next day? You know, not to say I, I, I'm on PEDs right now, which I am not, because honest to God, it's for the same purposes that most guys don't want to do them because they're banned. Yep. You know, and so, and, and I really can't afford, <laughs> can't afford it. But you know, after a certain age, it's just not the same. You take twice as much long to recover as as a younger guy. You know, we, it's just not there. And unfortunately, I am goal-driven. Fortunately, I am goal-driven. So regardless if I hurt, I'm going to go back the next day. But to compete at a high level, at the highest level possible, yeah, you need a, something a little extra so that your neck doesn't hurt, so that your shoulder's fine. You know what I mean? 
so that you can go in there and compete or or uh, train at the highest level possible. And people would disagree with that, but at the same time, you're still going to watch the show. You're still going to go watch the fights. And while yeah. people are competing, they don't care. Yeah. People, spectators do not care what you're on. It's only after the fact do the, the spectators care. Because yeah. if you knew beforehand, you wouldn't watch it. Or you'd have your opinion on it. Yeah. I, I, I honestly believe that like everybody's pretty much on it. You know? You kind of have to be. I only think the only way they'd be able to, like, get rid of it is like if the organization I guess somehow didn't put pressure on the athletes maybe if that's my yeah. opinion I mean because if you're a professional athlete chances are you're going to be fighting against a guy that does it you know yeah yeah no. and like I said though it, it's hard it, and nobody cares if you're on it and it's they only care when you get caught yeah. You know, but but here's the thing though, here's the contradiction. It's called a performance enhancer. Yeah. <laughs> Do you see where people the contradiction lies? Is that it's a performing enhancer. So where does it's not a performance de enhancer. I'm like I'm not taking away from my performance. I'm making it better. Yeah. So it's kind of a <laughs> they need to re um, reword that honestly, because if that's the case, if that's the case, basketball players shouldn't be wearing shoes. We're, I mean, a certain brand of shoes because it enhances their performance, right? Yep. So All then right. you can you can have performance enhancing gear. That's okay. I can do something externally, but I can't do something intern internally. To make me better. Exactly. Kind of I don't crazy. know if that makes sense. Kind of yeah, crazy. I don't know if that makes sense. Uh-huh. Oh, no. I, 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 I understand everything, yeah. I just think it's kind of crazy how, like, you know, they catch somebody and everybody's surprised. Yeah, know? oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like, if you don't think Overeem is on, not on steroids, then there's something wrong with you. Because when that guy started fighting, he was like 190 pounds. He was like an average oh. guy. Now he's like... Yeah, I mean, he was tall. But, like, you see him in the K1 glory, dear God, he was a monster. Yeah. But if you look at him in pride, he was like 190, dude. Uh, yeah. I know. Yeah. He was tall and lanky, but he was not the, the K1 beast that, you know... <laughs> I mean, but I mean, you know, it's obvious the guy's on something. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. But like, people compete about sports, but like, like I said, the, we're out here training. Or not we, not only follow us. Some guys like me have jobs. Yeah. You know, there's other. I wish I could train full time, but and so those guys that do train full time, that becomes their job. To their job is to perform. Yep. Their job is to entertain. At the end of the day, regardless of what you fight, whatever you do, you are an, an entertainer. And it, sometimes it really is hard to get out of bed. Or sometimes it is really hard to go to sleep. Sometimes it really is hard to just, oh, I'm asking, you know, I can't even run today because my back hurts. So I can't blame a guy to go, man, I'm going to take something just so I can go, go run. And then he goes, you know what, I'm going to take it again because I like how that made me feel. 
instead of running two miles, I ran three miles. You know, instead of benching 250, I did 300, so forth and so on. And you can't blame a guy for that. Yeah. He's trying to make a living. At the end of the day, we're all trying to make a living. You know, and you do martial arts training in the morning, you said? Early yeah, morning. yeah. Right wow. before I go to work. Yeah. Uh, I post videos of our training all the time. Training in the morning around here. You're lucky, man. <laughs> well, our, our gym opens up at like the UFC gym in Lone Tree opens up at, uh, I think, at six. And so we're, hey, I got to get to work, but I got to get this, I got to get this uh, wrestling in. I got to get the sparring in. I got to get this met session in. I got to train, you and know, you and I got to go to work. Now, let me ask you a question, like, because we got UFC gyms around here, too. But are those sessions private just for professional, like, fighters like yourself? It can't be just, like, the average Joe that's going in there. No, yeah, they've got their own – we've got our own um, fighters only type of scenario. Uh, okay. Classes. One guy's got the key to the school, and he lets you in, and you get your workouts in. Yeah, more more or less. They got other classes going on at that time. Yeah, but everybody knows who, like who we are. Yeah, yeah we pay a regular membership. Picking the uh, the dummies. That that's you know. <laughs> but like yeah. the wrestling and stuff like that, and what you guys are doing, that's probably private, right? Yep. Yep. That's a different thing. It's our it's our own deal. Um. Not to say like, hey, you want to kick wheels butt today? He'll let you work work out a little bit. It's like, oh yeah, here I'm a I'm a dummy here. You can beat up on me today. And some people enjoy it, you know. Like, oh man, I get to, fight, I get to train with a fighter, and they're in there training with fighters. Yeah. And that's honest to God, that's what one of the reasons I really really love um, MMA, boxing, kickboxing. It's not like football or basketball to where. Um, You'll if you if you like to play football, you'll never be on a football field with your favorite player. Exactly. You see what I'm saying? Exactly. Like there's a lot of gyms out here where your your favorite fighter, he's right there training right next to you, right next by you, yep. or he's on the on the heavy bag or whatever. You might be doing uh, uh, kickboxing class, but he is right there training, just like you are, and that that's what separates our sport from every yep. other sport. Yeah, it's the same thing in jiu-jitsu, man. Like, you know, I go to a, you know, when I was like a blue belt competing, I'd be like competing, you know, in the Abu Dhabi Pro Jiu-Jitsu trials. And a few mats down from me, I got like Keenan Cornelius. Well, at that time, he was a yeah. problem. But, you know, the guy was well-known. You know, yeah, and he's right like there. Right, where you are. Competing. We're all competing on this, in the same event. I mean, obviously in different categories, but. Well, yeah, you know, but he's still in the awesome. same building as you are. He's still in the same set set of mats as you are. Yeah, yeah. And then you're still in line like you were registering his name. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it's it's kind of it's kind of cool, you know. And then you know, then I've been to like you know sessions where I go to Marcelo Garcia's school in the city, and I'm rolling around with some of his world champions right in front of him, and I'm like, oh, wow, man, I'm getting my ass kicked. Yeah. I'm getting my ass kicked in front of like. You know, by one of Marcelo's top, like, at the time, he just got promoted to Black Belt. But, I mean, it was, like, it was kind of cool watching me rolling in front of, like, a legend against yeah. one of his top world champion students. So, I I, I, I understand what you're saying. You know, you're not going to be, if you're at the basketball, being able to play on the same field as, like, Michael Jordan or whatever the top 
Yeah. At this time, I really don't follow other sports other than MMA <laughs> and jiu-jitsu. Right. right. It's, yeah, it's like anybody, yeah, like uh, the top guy right now probably is McGregor. You know, yeah. not to say anybody can just walk into the session, but I'm pretty sure there's a lot of guys who just there's they're training with him and they're his training partners. Yeah. And he probably started off in the same gym with a bunch of other guys. Like, oh man, I remember when I used to go to the gym with McGregor. He just first started, bro, and I got out. But like, I remember he'd be there with him. I can't speak in you know that accent, but that would that would how it would sound. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's, a, that's totally an American accent, so just, just let everybody know. Yeah. But it's the, everybody gets the idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, do you have any, like, other – I mean, we know we got that event that's coming out on Netflix, but do you have any other, like, bare knuckle or boxing match or kickboxing matches that are coming up in the near future that you like to mention on the show yeah, but I can't say them. <laughs> uh, oh, okay, because you're not allowed, right? I, I do, but I can't say it just yet. I okay. wait, I really wish I could, but I can't say it. All I can say is uh, Dogfight Season 2 is coming out, Netflix, in the okay. fall. Okay. Uh, just keep an eye out on that. I don't know when, but just in the fall, and that's the only one I can talk about right now. Okay. Uh, these other ones that you can talk about, are they – MMA, boxing, or kickboxing? Which one are they? I can talk about everything else. Absolutely. I can talk about everything else. I just can't talk about anything that's coming up. Oh, no, no. I'm saying, is it, which sport is it? Is it boxing? Oh, it's, it's, it's uh, bare knuckle. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a bare knuckle, yeah. Oh, okay. I just, I had a feeling that was it. I just wanted to just double check. <laughs> And then obviously you can hit me up on Facebook when those other ones come out, and I could like yep. up on. Um, yeah, I'll post them. I always post everything. Um, let people know what's going on. Yeah, I mean you can share it on, on the Mark the Shark MMA Show Facebook page, or hit me up on Facebook to share. Absolutely. It. You know what I mean? Now, do you have any um, sponsors you want to mention on the show at Max all? Max Muscle, Max Muscle with Parker. They always hook us up, hook me and my team up with whatever okay. we need. Great product, great supplements. I love them. I love how they make me feel. Honest to God. In fact, I just came to the gym. I was warming up right before you called me. I just pre-workout and a, and a fat burn. That's a lot of caffeine, but <laughs> it you go with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, if any potential sponsor or promoter or, you know, someone wanted to get in touch with you, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Honest to God, you can either Facebook me at Leo Pla. It's a picture of me holding the – standing with my world title belt, or you could just call me at 970-779-2003. Okay. Well, Leo, it's great having you on the show. Uh, good luck with your future unannounced fights. <laughs> you can't talk about <laughs> I, 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 can't, I can't say it just yet because yeah. oh, I, I understand, can't discuss I understand, it. <laughs> but I'm wishing you good luck anyway, man. I'm wishing you good thank luck you anyway. Me. All right. <laughs> thank look you. look forward – I look forward to when that, uh, that that show comes out on Netflix with your fight. I'm looking forward to it. Hit me up after it comes out. Hit me up again, and we'll discuss that. All right, man. I will. I will. All right, everybody. <laughs> back after the short break. All right, guys, this is Mark the Shark Retorto letting you know that you can visit my website, www.marktheshark.mmashow.com. You can get our podcast episodes on there, 
And you can also shop the swag. Get your hoodies, get your t-shirts, get your hats. It's all on there for both men and women. We do not discriminate. Go out there and check it out. www.marktheshark.mmashow.com Hey fans, here at Podcast City Network, we have a lot of great shows on all of our great social media outlets, podcastcity.net, facebook.com slash podcastcitynetwork, hit that thumbs up, you can send a tweet to Podcast City Network on Twitter at podcastcitynet, only on Podcast City Network. All right, everybody, we're back on the show. I got Zane on the line. How you doing today, Zane? Good, good. We're here to talk about the next UFC, ESPN 17, Rodriguez versus Stevens. So what's your what's your take on that? You got the main card with Jeremy Stevens versus Yair Rodriguez. You got Carla yeah, that's Esparza. A, that's a fight night coming up. Uh, I'm trying to think. I think it's going to be the 21st. Yep. Uh, and I got a little bit mixed up between uh, the last UFC I actually caught the last two fights on... Um, it was on YouTube. I, uh, I was unable to watch it early, but it was uh, it was an early UFC. Uh, were you able to catch the uh, the live event? Uh, you mean the one before the one we're talking about? You talking right, about? Right, right. So, uh, and the next one, which is September twenty first, it's at eight p.m., which is a little bit earlier than usual. And uh, I don't know if the fight nights. Um, you know, sometimes the UFCs are at a different time, and. Uh, I think also the fight nights as well. So now, what the way they do yeah. it now? The way they do it is if it's not a pay per view, they're at eight o'clock, unless it's in another country. That's the way they do it, and then the pay per views are at ten. That's the right, way they do it. Pay per views are at ten, and the fight nights are earlier usually, a little bit earlier. Yeah, but this past UFC with. Gaethje. That was that at eight. Was a, that's a regular. That that's a as well. Yeah, that was a regular ESPN. That was at eight. Okay. All right. So that's what it usually is. So that's that's the way it works. But anyway, so I, I did catch uh, the past fight night, but it, it was like I, said, I had missed it. And then this one coming up, um, I'm actually pretty excited for Jeremy Stevens. Is always a uh, he's a banger, and yeah. then Yaya Rodriguez. I think he won his last fight. A very very close fight. Um, he got oh, who was the guy he fought? A real beast uh, at 170 pounds, and it was. I think he was losing the fight, but then he came back with a couple of really really hard elbows or knees, and he busted the guy up. Uh, for the life of me, I can't remember who he was. Uh, was it his very but, last fight? Because he fought uh, Zabit. Zabit, and then uh, before that, he fought Jose Aldo. No, no, no. Oh, wait a minute. I'm getting mixed up. Not Yaya Rodriguez. It was a different guy. I was now. I was getting mixed up. Oh. Rodriguez. Yeah, that's right. He, but um. Oh, you're talking about Rodriguez? I'll tell you who he fought last. Hold on. Yeah, he's pretty tough. That kid. He fought. Yaya Rodriguez is the ground. He uh, definitely 
had a really, really tough time with Frankie Edgar. Frankie Edgar, everyone thought that, oh, yeah. Frankie was kind of done. And then Frankie wiped, uh, you know, he really, he took him every which way. Yeah, he so, TKO'd him uh, in round two. But his last fight was against, uh, that he uh, won by knockout was Chan Sung Jung, a Korean guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, that, I don't know if it was truly uh, that challenging of a fight. I think that they were both hitters. And that's where his strong... Uh, he knocked the guy out is. in the uh, fifth round with an elbow. What's that? He knocked that guy out in the fifth round with an elbow. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but as far as the ground, though, I don't know if there was much ground fighting in that. Probably not. I think that he uh, he really needs a, a clinic uh, for how to stay on his feet or to be safe on the ground. Yeah. Because... But, you know, the person, well, actually, Jeremy Stevens is really not much of a ground fighter either, even though he's just a brawler everywhere. So, uh, Yair is going to have, uh, you know, a fun, it's going to be a, definitely a fun fight. These are two big-time hitters, uh, tough guys on the feet. I, I would have to say accuracy would probably go to Yair. Uh, Yair. And then uh, I would say strength and maybe knockout power. Uh, would probably go to, uh, to Stevens, like strong on the inside. Uh, kicks, kick advantage will go to Rodriguez. Um, but it depends. It depends on who's going to be able to work better in the pocket, who's going to work better and not getting hit. Mm. Even sometimes allows himself to get hit in order to go for the knockout. It's it's, it's definitely going to be a fun fight. It, yeah. I don't think it's going to go the distance. It'll go maybe two, three rounds at best. So uh, it, that's going to be fun. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good fight because they're both really good strikers. Uh, I think that should be a good one. I think it might be just a wash because I don't think either one of them is a really great ground technician. I think they both want to just get back up. Yeah, I think... Unless someone starts getting hurt. Yeah. And they might try and take, you know, take the person down to a little bit of ground and pound. Yeah. If I must, I think Stevens did wrestle when he was younger, but you can't really tell when you watch him in the ring that he, you know, I think he wrestled in high school or something like that. From what I remember, he might. He, I mean, I'm sure that. Well, you can't. You can't really basic. tell by watching him. It's because he's got that that knockout power. He just loves to. Oh, he yeah. falls in love with his hands because he knocks people out. So. Yeah. You know. He's a. I think he's a, a much bigger fan than we are. He just. He does not care. He goes in there and he has a good time. Yeah. He's not afraid of his opponent. Never at any time does he back down. Very rarely you see him on the, uh, you know, on a bike. Or, you know, when he's in the ring, he's yeah. hunting you. So he's he's definitely, uh, you know, it, it's in his blood. He is a fighter. Yeah. Uh, Yara, he's a uh, a little bit more. He's gonna he's gonna try and be scientific about it. He's gonna try and you know open you up, you know tap you here, tap you there, open you up, and then you know look for laser accuracy. Uh, Stevens, he's he's gonna he's gonna overpower you. He's gonna come in there, scare the heck out of you, and just start clobbering you. Yeah. Now, what do you think about the co-main event, the the women's fight with Carla Esposa, Sparza, and uh, Alexa Grasso? I don't like Carla Esparza. I always felt that she was just nasty, a nasty person, mm. just disrespectful and low class. Uh, her skills 
Uh, she's got great ground skills, uh, decent hands, but I don't like her. I hope she loses. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't know much about this uh, Alexa Grasso. Uh -huh. She's probably had, you know, some fights, but uh, do you have uh, maybe a better history of her? Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I can tell you, uh, she's cute. <laughs> well, you she's know, got... But that doesn't help you in the ring. That doesn't help you in the cage. She's got 11 wins, two losses. And, uh, yeah, 11 wins, two losses. Um, she's been in the UFC. She's been in the UFC for a while. Uh, she's been in the, she's been in the UFC since 2016. And she's won... Let me see how many fights she had. One, two, three, four, five UFC fights. And she's won one, two, three, four out of the four out of the six fights. She lost her she lost she won her last fight. And then she lost the one beyond that, uh before that to, to Tatiana Suarez, who's that um lady that's yeah, really Suarez tough wrestling. Is, I'm telling you, she's gonna be a champ. Yeah, she's really tough. But that's... She lost to her and Felicia Herrig. Um, but yeah, she's she's won a majority of her fights in the UFC. Well, she well, she won her last yeah. uh, women's story bout against Carolina Kawakoas. Yes. And I, I thought that was pretty impressive to beat her because Carolina, I think, is a tough fighter. She's, she's I think, one of the top ones. Yeah. Um... So it would be interesting if she if she beat this girl in the last fight. I think it was just a decision. Mm -hmm. But even if she beat her, you know, I don't know how great she is on on the ground. I think Carolina was pretty much good everywhere. Uh, Carla, I'm sure, is going to look for you know, to hurt her quick and then take her down. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how she uh, deals with the ground and pound. Yeah, she won her last fight too, um, Carla. So, um, she, uh, she, uh, last she came off, she won her last one, and then she lost her two before that. Um, so she's kind of like, so I guess, I'm guessing that this one will determine, you know, if she keeps, if she wins this one, then all right. But if she loses, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know, you know. How that, those contracts work? They used to be that if you lost three fights in a row, they kick you out. I don't know if they, with the new management, if they still have that uh, rule in place. But this yeah, one, I think, is going to be uh, this one's like, probably going to be an important one for her. You know? Oh yeah, and then uh, as far as as far as the the rest of the fights, I would actually have to look at the. At the lineup here, at the roster. Um, I'm actually—I don't know if I actually lost. The only other ones that may, that I know are pretty much on the undercard. You got Pettis's uh, brother, oh, and Beth. then you got um, Beth Corhera, and you got Angela Hill. So there's a lot. There's a lot of women on this card, actually. There's three women fights. So I fucking, you know. well, I got, um, so that's that's pretty good. I don't think that's probably like the most I've ever seen in the UFC. I don't think they've ever had three women fighting before. 
usually like two tops. Oh, on the undercard you're talking about. In the card in general, they actually actually they got one, two, they got two women fighting in the main event, and then they got two in the undercard. Uh, you talking about Irene Aldana? Yeah. And Vanessa Melo. Yep. yep, they're in the main card as well, and then you got two women fighting in the um undercard. You got Ariane Carnelosi versus Angela Hill, and you got Beth Cohera, who who I uh, think fought Ronda Rousey back in the day against uh, Sajara Ubanks, which is I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think that's the lady from uh, Lloyd Irving's team. Let me see if I. Yeah, she's a beast, man. Yeah, she's really good. She's got good hands and she's got good jujitsu. I believe she was a world champion in jiu-jitsu at brown belt level. Who is this? Uh, Sajara Ubanks. She's in the undercard. She's fighting Beth Cohera. Oh. Or some people call the... It sounds like the bitch. Beth Cohera, yeah. Yeah. She was the girl from Brazil that... Yeah. There was like... Everyone couldn't wait until Ronda Rousey knocked her out. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of what happened. Yeah. But yeah, her opponent is... uh, and Very Eubanks, good. Uh, yes, she is. Um, who is she? She's from. She she fights. She's under Lloyd Irving's team. She's from Baltimore. She was also on the Ultimate Fighter. Um, if I'm oh, pretty she, sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's a world champion she in jiu-jitsu. Uh, uh, what did she? Is she married to somebody? Uh, there was someone that fought in the UFC, but they were married to. Uh, a former UFC fighter doesn't fight anymore but I, I might be getting mixed up but anyway long story short that doesn't even matter but yeah Eubanks she was always very powerful at, in her weight class she I think always fluctuated between um, was it 125 and 135 yep or 135 and 145 or forget yep but she did she did seem at times a little bit too um, she, like like she couldn't move a little bit too tight a little bit too in the pocket uh, yeah. you know not fluid uh, than some of the other fighters in her weight class Beth Cohera I think that she's, she'll never be a champion she'll just always be a tough fighter that people have to get past in order to get to the top five yeah. so I don't, I don't think that she's going to be someone to worry about but yeah. probably both of them at their in their career yep. it would be a good fight you know I think that they're probably going to have similar skills yep. and uh, it should be kind of fun and then I got another question for you but not related to this card Related to UFC 242, Khabib versus Poirier. Did you see that fight? I did. Yeah, I caught it on YouTube at the end because I was uh, I couldn't watch it like I normally do. I was away, but I caught it on YouTube the next day. I didn't see any of the other fights. I just saw the main event. What were your thoughts on that fight? I I have to give it up to definitely got to give it up to Khabib. But I have to give it up to Dustin, too. I think that he he tried. He tried really hard. He tried what everyone tries, to keep it on the feet, to use the jab. But eventually, uh, you know, Khabib wears you down, and he does what he wants to do, which is take you down and tap you out. So, um, 
that's what happened. I mean, he just, he, he got him the way he wanted. It's usually, he beats you, beats you, beats you, you turn around, and then he chokes you. And that's the way he got him. But, uh, you know, Dustin fought really, really hard. And, you know, I just felt that, you know, it was the interim belt. You know, everyone knows what the interim belt means. It's not a belt. It just, it means, it's a feel-good belt. It's a, the champion's away at this time. So... Well, in certain, in some cases, yeah, I know some a lot of people think of that, but I want to clarify something. There's been some instances like where Dana stripped the guy from the belt because the guy was injured, you know. And he, if the Dana's got this thing, and, you know, and the guy can't fight for a year, that's when they put that up. Right, but yeah. the thing is, you don't have to. It was really for the fans, and if you just say, well, you know, uh, you know, the champ is out right now. Just say rank number one is still this guy. Yeah, I so think it makes everyone feel good. That's yeah, all it, is. it doesn't mean that you beat the champion. It doesn't mean the champion lost. It just means like give the champion some time. They're either in trouble, injured, or you know they haven't been fighting. Whatever yeah. it is, it's I I don't think it's so much that the UFC does it for fans. I think they just do it to, to pad their wallet because they don't do that in boxing. <laughs> They don't do that in Titan kickboxing. They don't do that anywhere else. Bellator doesn't even do it. The UFC is the only MMA organization that does that. Everyone else is either you're the champ or you're not the champ. If you you know, and if you're not coming back for a year or two, they you know they they relinquish you if you can't defend your title and that's it. You know, it's to make the fans feel good. I think the UFC yeah. has figured out. I mean, they're not. They know what they're doing, obviously, because they're, they're, they're the biggest organization. But. They need to know who's the champion, and if the champion is there too long, yep. Dana White gets mad. All of a sudden, if you're winning for so long, and everyone gets bored and they're not chiming in, yep. he wants you to lose. So all of a sudden, he starts saying things about certain champions. Oh well, they're boring, or they're this, or they're that. Yep. I bet you if Khabib fought three times a year and beat everyone um, each and every time, but Khabib doesn't fight as often as other fighters. Now he seems healthier and he's fighting a little bit more consistently. Yep. But I bet you if Khabib beats the next two or three guys, Dana's going to wind up getting mad because things aren't turning over. He'll, he, you know, it just seems like his mo. Uh, he doesn't mind to build up, you know, the crowd, but then as soon as they get bored, he doesn't like that. Yep. So. Yeah. So who do you who do you think Khabib should fight next? Oh, Ferguson. Tatum is going to have to be somebody. Uh, oh, actually, he he is. He's going to be fighting um, Tony Ferguson. Oh, that that's been set. That's been set. I believe so. I think I don't know if there's a date on it. Um, I would have to look on the site. Yeah. But I believe that it is, it is determined, or it is already said, that he will be fighting. Now, uh, who's going to fight the winner of those two? I believe that it's already said that Gaethje will get the winner of those two. Well, that's what Gaethje wants. He wants, you know, he's, he's, he's even saying, like, the Irishman, Conor McGregor, is done. He wants yeah, to fight. Yeah, and I kind of feel like I don't think uh, he's going to be fighting again either. Well, Connor says, I just watched a conference of his like two weeks ago. 
he came out, he did a interview with the, uh, I forget that, that spokesperson for the UFC that has their own show. But anyway, he says he wants, he, he's looking to come back. It's just a matter of when. Like, he's looking to see if he can fight in December. But we'll see. I'm sure, I'm sure the UFC is going to, if, if he's physically able, I'm sure they'll give it to him because it's a money maker. But now we got a headliner fight, and what's kind of funny is that this is a 170 pound division. Uh, Nate Diaz seems that he just wants this 170 pound division, and this might be a good fight coming up. You got Jorge uh, Masvidal oh, against yeah, Nate yeah. Diaz, and that's in November. Oh, and I yeah. tell you, this would be an interesting fight. I think that Nate is fantastic on the ground. Yeah. He's fighting these bigger men now. And I I think that Jorge has proven himself in yeah. both stand up and on the ground. Uh, Jorge's Jorge's been around forever, dude. Forever. And, and his he's, he's very good played, on the ground too. He won't get played with uh I think Nate Diaz is not gonna be able to bring him because this is straight up, like, he, he was a gang member. Legitimate, he says it over and over. I don't care who Nate thinks he is. Nate didn't have a gang. I mean, this guy walked the street. No, well, and, uh, well you, Nate likes him. Well, he, he has a lot of... Like he said, no, no, I mean, no, if I, you watch the last Diaz's fight... He he he's like I respect the guy, but I, you know I, I I'm calling him out, but I respect the guy, and he that's exactly like I'm changing the words around from what he said, but I'm putting it in more layman's terms instead of the thug the thug uh the thug language that they use. I don't you know, but that's pretty much what he said. So yeah, and he and he better because and that's one thing I respect about Hoyt. He does not talk trash. He's he's a, a cool dude, and for someone who comes from the street, you know, it's almost unheard of. He just he doesn't talk trash about anybody, as far as I'm ever concerned. The only time he ever says he's angry, he wants to get at someone, is when they talk trash about him. He never starts it. And Nate Diaz, he'll just talk about everybody. Yeah. Um, so I I think it's going to be a very interesting fight, but I honestly think that Jorge's going to be a little bit too big for him. A little yeah. bit too powerful. He's not. And Nate, I think he's a tough, tough kid. Um, and he could probably stand with him. But yeah. when it comes to strength, being able to, you know, when you get hit from a bigger person, it's going to hurt a little bit more. It's going to be easier to knock you down. And uh, I think that Nate might be, he might have to, uh, you know, he's not going to be able to stand him up on the cage like he, like he does some of the smaller fighters that he's fought. Yeah. Uh, recently, like he fought Pettis. Yeah. Pettis is is not really a good heavy 155 pounder, and now he's going up. Oh, wait, actually, is it a is it a 155? Is Jorge Masvidal? Now it's 170. Down? No, it gotta be Nate's going up. Yeah, it's 170. Yeah, so Nate fought a light 155 pounder last time. No, no, no they fought. No, that that fight I believe was at 170. They fought each other Pettis? at 170. This was at 170? Yeah. He, they, that fight was at 170, not 155. That's amazing because Pettis at one time fought 145. Yeah. 
I'm like a hundred. I'm like ninety nine percent sure that I'm telling you. I don't know. You. you gotta you gotta check on that. No, one seventy, dude. I'm gonna I'm check it right now. This is not that heavy. I'm looking at it right now. As far as the, they just showed that that he fought at two forty one, and I'm looking at. Oh, does it actually tell the weight? Six that significant strikes fights. Oh, I'm looking for the weight class. It doesn't say the weight class for the last one. I'm pretty sure it was because I kind of remember seeing that. It was like shot. Maybe maybe you're right, Mark. All right, but anyway, as far as it goes, yeah. I still feel that Anthony Pettis was kind of a lightweight, and I don't think Masvidal is a, is a small guy at 170. I think he's he's not big, he's not small, he's like right in right in the right in there. And I think that Nate is going to have a little bit of trouble uh, dealing with his power and his size. Uh, give him credit. Yeah. But I, I just think it's I think it's too much for him. I think he has the height on him. He might have the height. I think. Nate is tall. I think he's like six or six one. Yeah. But I think that you know he's he's a little thin. <laughs> yeah. To be in there with him, so I think this is gonna be an interesting fight. I mean, it could actually go the way of knockout. I actually foresee Jorge uh, wearing him down, uh, especially his legs, and then taking it to his head. Uh, Jorge's got some nasty leg kicks, yeah. even though. Nate does as well. Jorge has has been known like he's he's not. Um, I was trying to think if someone had uh, great kicks. Um, mm. Brazilian guy I was forgetting his name, but he's he's definitely known to be up there for his kicks. I mean, calf kicks as well. And you know, watch out. He might just grab your head and knee you. You know, so I think it's gonna be. This could possibly go really bad for Nate. He might get knocked out. I know it's kind of wild, but because they're so tough, uh, the Diaz brothers. But I think I think he uh, he might get knocked out. Yeah, well, that would be a good one to see. Now, getting back to Khabib's weight class, if Khabib beats Ferguson, right? I Absolutely. think that they're probably gonna the worst thing for Khabib to go up to one seventy. No, no, I'm yeah. saying in his weight class, if he wins his next fight, because you're saying he's fighting Ferguson next. If they give him Ganji, and he beats Ganji, one fifty, one fifty-five, is it? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I'm talking about the weight class, the whole, just the lightweight division for Khabib, right? If he right. beats Ferguson, and let's let's say the UFC puts him up against Ganji, who do you think is going to win that one, Khabib or Ganji? Cowboy, he went up to 170, but did he go back down to yeah. 155? Yeah, he did. All right, so Gaethje is at 155 still. Yep. Yeah, if they give him Gaethje, now, from what I've seen, it was only a round one, right? It was a round one knockout with Cowboy. Uh, uh, I think it was round two, actually. Oh, it was round two? Yeah. All right, so and, and it, I think it was an early round two. I'm not, I'm not too sure. But um, it was very definitive against Cowboy, and, yeah. you know, it's... And now Nate Diaz, who was at 155 when he fought Cowboy, he also put him away. Um, I think Gaethje has more power, and you know it'll, it'll take a Mack truck to kind of knock out. Like, it's hard, very, very hard to knock out Gaethje. But he has. He has been knocked out before. Okay. Uh, or technically but do you think he'd take out uh, Khabib? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, Gaethje fought... 
Um, no, no, I'm saying in your opinion, if they match him up, let's say I don't, Khabib I don't think takes enough uh, in order to take Khabib. I think Khabib will keep himself safe. Okay. Um, and he'll he'll wound. Uh, Gaethje is no no fool on the ground. He knows how to scrap. Okay. But I think I still think that. Um, even though he's the energizer buddy, you know, he just seems to have a lot of energy. I think that eventually Khabib will still maul him and, and pick him apart. Okay. Now, who would you be more interested in seeing Khabib fighting? Tony for... Well, we know he's going to fight him, but let's say um, Ganji or Conor McGregor? Well, he's already beat Conor. Yeah, I know. I wants to fight him again. No, but who would you oh. want to see... Would you want to see that as a rematch, or would you rather see him fight Ganji? Ganji, Ganji, because he never fought yeah. him before. Okay. I just wanted to uh, get your opinion uh, on that. You know, from his performance last time, Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be that much better. I mean, if anything, it might just give Khabib a little bit more confidence. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and experience on fighting him. I don't think that... Uh, I don't think that Connor is going to really change that much, and I really don't think that Khabib is going to really change that much. And uh, that's kind of the problem. Khabib is so strong with his fighting style that a lot of times fighters don't change. Yeah. They don't work on their, you know, their um, their weaknesses. Um, but when you lose, you know, then it's kind of forcing you to to fight differently or to open yourself up. So, but you know, you got you got Khabib, who's just you know he's unbeatable right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually trying to see who would give him a challenge here, but I guess only time will tell. I guess. Well, we'll see. See how? Let's see how like Ferguson handles it. Because Ferguson's a tough. I like watching Ferguson fight, man. He's good on the ground. Good, good jiu-jitsu, Uh, good stand up. Great hands. Good kicks. Um, got great cardio. Now, if he could just, unless he gets like an injury in training, it's the only thing I think that could stop this fight from happening. But, uh, I think that would be an interesting fight. I would love to see Connor and Tony Ferguson. I think that's Tony I want to see Connor fight Ferguson and Ganji. I want to see all those fights. I think Ganji would probably wind up beating Connor. I think that Tony and and Connor would be a good fight, but yeah. I think that Connor could beat Tony. Really? Yep. Yeah, I see, this I, is what I, I think that hopefully the matchmakers for the UFC are listening to this because I would like kind of like to see because Ferguson's got a pretty good chin and his jiu-jitsu was slick, dude. And he's got that great Tony footwork. Then a nice first fight back for Connor, high level fight would be Tony. You know, you know who they could also fair. give him. I think it would be a fair fight. It would be a bounce back fight. Okay. Tony Ferguson, and it would be an opportunity for Connor to jump into a fight from a long time ago. Uh huh. But it's not an easy win, and I think that people would. Uh, would definitely like to see. Now I'm wondering if they'll if they'll give Connor a top five guy because you know who I'm also looking at the list now that would also be an interesting fight for him. 
would be Al Alaquinta. Al, Al is up there. He's number um, six. He's been, you know, with, with his style, um, he kind of, I don't know, I don't think he has the speed like some of the other lighter weight fighters. No, he doesn't. I, I don't think he has the, uh, just a, maybe not the power either, like power and speed. Yeah. But he definitely has the mindset. He is a, he's a rough kid. He's, he's, you know, tough tying kid from Long Island. You know, he, he's got a chip on his shoulder, and which is good in a way. Yeah. You know, he's, uh, but you don't want to fight. fight. He, he tends to, in the past, has fought angry, but it seems like because of his team, he keeps it under control. So yeah. he's, uh, you know, he's that hothead that works around the cones in a way. Yeah. And I really like that he, uh, one of his last fights, he beat uh, this loudmouth jerk. Couldn't stand him. I don't know if you, uh, if you remember who I'm talking about. Yeah. I don't have the stats in front of me. I just forget. I just know that one of his last fights, he won. It was a, a tough fight, but, you know, he kind of shut down. His oh, it's that, that, um, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I just, I honestly forget his name. He was a young kid. He's uh, not, yeah, the, yeah, he's not in the top ten now. I know who you're thinking of. Yeah, but great athlete and yes, great fighter. Yes. But was, was it Kevin Lee? To... Kevin Lee. Oh, he is ranked. If, yeah, is that Lee, who you're thinking of? I think that Lee is still ranked. Yeah, he's number eight now. But yeah, but now, again, uh, you know, you look at you know Lee, and a superb athlete, just amazing built, uh, very fast, very powerful, and I think he had really great ground skills. Yep. But good wrestling. Quinta was able to just work his magic, and he had great timing. And he was able to take away the tools that Lee had because yeah. he put him up against the, he made a little bit of a dirty boxing match and he just, he was able to win. He was yeah. able to beat him. And, uh, you know, Lee was talking a whole bunch of trash. Can't stand that. So I was glad he lost. But yeah. I just don't feel that Iaquinta has what it takes yeah. to be the champion. Yeah. So, but we'll see. Yeah, just I mean, one more, one more comment and then I'll let you go. I think... Connor, if he comes back, I think him. I think they're probably. I'm guessing they're going to give him a top five guy, just probably because it will sell more. I, I think at least, at least a top ten, and I think that. Now he could also fight Pettis. That would also sell. Pettis I is number they, ten. I, I don't know. I don't know if Pettis would be as much of a. Because Pettis is nice, and Tony is not. Yeah. And I think that Tony will shoot his mouth off and say, well, I lost to the champion, I beat everybody else, and I know that Conor's going to be a nice, easy fight uh, to get me back up there. So he'll talk like that. Yeah. And then Conor will be like, I'm going to come back, and he's going to talk crap. And I think that both of them on their own level, yeah. it, it'll, it'll be a fun fight to watch. And I honestly think that Conor would probably beat him. Yeah. Well, I guess time. We'll, we'll see what happens. I'm just interested to see if he comes back in December. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see if Connor keeps his word. He's going to come back. Yeah. Anyway, Zane, I'll let you go. Hopefully, we'll get you back next week. All right, everybody. We'll be back after this break. Uh Hi, everyone. 
This is Mark the Shark with Twitter. Sending a message to all the fans out there. If you enjoy this podcast, please help support it by making a small donation. It could be anywhere from a dollar, four ninety nine, or nine ninety nine. It could even be a monthly donation. Any amount is appreciated. To donate to this money to this podcast, go to www.marktheshark.mmshow.com. Again, that's www.marktheshark.mmshow.com. Are you a fan of the Mark the Shark MMA show? Are you looking for some swag? Check us out on the web at www.marktheshark.mmashow.com where we sell t-shirts, hoodies, crop tops, hats, beanie hats, anything you want. Check it out. Are you also looking to become a guest on the show and be interviewed by me, Mark the Shark Retorto? Well, go to the website and sign up as a guest. Are you looking to become a sponsor? Go to the website. Sign up. Take advantage of the wild range growth of the sport of MMA and be have your business and service advertised to millions of listeners that listen to this podcast every week worldwide from everywhere. Check it out. www.marktheshark.mmashow.com Hi. This is Mark the Shark Retorto. This is a message to all the parents out there. Are you looking for an inspirational book for your child to read? Well, check out a book written by a child, an 11-year-old little girl by the name of Christina Retorto. She has two books. One is called Invisible Girl, and one is called I Am a Survivor. Both inspirational books written by a child for a child. You can find them at Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com as well as her website, www.retortofamilybooks.com. Again, that's R-I-T-O-R-T-L. This is a coupon queen pen from the CQP Moments podcast, and you're listening to Mark the Shark MMA Show. Are you looking for your next action thriller novel? Check out The Cabal. The saga begins. You can find it on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com or www.retortofamilybooks.com That's R-I-T-O-R-T-L familybooks.com Again, check out the next great action thriller suspense book called The Cabal. The saga begins. guys we're at the end of our show this is mark retorto i'm signing off and don't forget to follow us on our facebook page it's called the mark the shark mma show and it's mark with a c not a k and also feel free to leave us messages by using the anchor app and also don't forget if you look in the mood for a good action thriller book to buy my book called the cabal the saga begins it's available on amazon and barnesandnoble.com and if you need a good book for your kid Get the I Am Survivor book or Invisible Girl book written by my daughter, Christina Retorto, also available on Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com. 
All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed the show and continue to listen to our shows every week. Thank you.